time, Brother Sam. Pope's going to bring our special. days are filled with laughter. My heart has known your peace. I've traveled forth, still there is far to go. And in my heart there is a longing to look upon your face. Where you are is where I long to be. appreciate so much everybody sharing their talents and powerful words in the song. And uh, I'm going to be speaking this morning on the subject of the greatest gift, the greatest gift. You know, over the years, a lot of us have probably got some awesome gifts, whether it be a Christmas gift or a birthday gift or, or what have you. Uh, but the greatest gift that ever was given was the gift of God's Son. And uh, it was given to us 
a little over 2,000 years ago. Jesus Christ, according to our calendar that we use today, it's uh, if you do a study on calendars, the one we're using today is called a Gregorian calendar, and uh, and uh, you can look that up. Anyway, he was born according to this calendar we're using right now. You know, today is uh, December the 15th, 2013, and he was born about 4 or 5 B.C., so literally it was uh, a little over 2,000 and 19 years ago, depending on... We know, according to history, when Herod the Great, that's the fellow who killed all those babies trying to get to Jesus after the wise men paid him a visit, we know that, you know, there's we have in our history books about Herod the Great that he died in the year 4 B.C. So we know when he died, so we know when approximately... Uh, Jesus was born, if it was in the same year or the year previous, which would be 5 B.C. Pretty neat to know that everything in the Bible we have, not only can you trust it by faith, but you see it proven in history. You see it proven in uh, the science and the Word of God. Look it up and uh, how God's Word harmonizes with uh, archaeology, history, all of those things, pretty amazing. Let's stand for the reading of God's holy word in Luke chapter 2, what is most known as the Christmas story, the Christmas story. Before I begin reading, let me say this, is that one of the greatest gifts that I've ever been given in my life is the privilege of to pastor Promised Land Missionary Baptist Church. I love each and every one of you so very much, and I count it an honor and a privilege from God and you to be your pastor this morning. I just want to say a Merry Christmas to everybody. I hope that everybody can come to the program uh, next Sunday. Luke chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the end. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this opportunity to preach this wonderful story. Father, may you bless the reading of your holy word. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing for the reading of God's holy word. Just an awesome story. Has been read and preached many, many times about the wise men and and, uh, them coming. Some of uh, God's greatest gifts that are given are given... During difficult times, 
Now, the very first part uh, of this is that there's there's a tax. We know that. And David, excuse me, Joseph being the house of David, that means his lineage was from Bethlehem. He has to go back there to be taxed. Now, none of us, uh, matter of fact, I was uh, working, I was uh, going over our budget, uh, and we have a quarterly tax payment coming up in January 15th. And I was working that into my budget. Matter of fact, I was going over that this week. And uh, if you're, uh, do some of y'all have done quarterly tax payments before, and just look forward to that time of the year for quarterly tax payments. But you know, if any, and I know what he's a man. A tax, another tax, got to be taxed. It's, it's tough times. It's hard times. But it wasn't just the tax. Before this happened, Joseph is already going through tough times. Matter of fact, Mary and Joseph both were very dedicated workers for the Lord, yet they, they were, they were going through some tough struggles even before this. Matter of fact, if you will, uh, Joseph in particular, we're going to deal with him just back up to the book of Matthew chapter one. And I, I want you to see this personal struggle that Joseph had in his life. Now, <clears throat> Matter of fact, we were studying on Wednesday and some other times that uh, Wednesday. As a matter of fact, this past Wednesday, we were studying about personal struggle and some of God's greatest uh, blessings in the times when you feel the most close to God is when you're going through personal struggles in your life, when you when you don't know what to do, when you uh, uh, realize that life is out of control, is out of your hands, you, you're, you're scared about what the future holds, you're scared about uh, your health, or you're upset or afraid about what, uh, what may happen next, you're not sure what's on the horizon. And uh, in the book of Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, we see this struggle that Joseph is going through. It says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise when as his mother Mary was a spouse, they were engaged to Joseph before they came together. She was found with child of the Holy Ghost. This uh, betrothal period, about a year, and and uh, that they had, it was uh, the only way you could break this engagement off is by divorce. It's, it was as binding, but they were waiting. They had not known each other intimately. And so all of a sudden, Mary comes up pregnant, and Joseph is like, what is going on? I, I don't understand this. I mean, and he's uh, literally beside himself. He's upset. And uh, notice this. In verse 19, we see his integrity. Joseph, her husband, being a just man. He's saved. He knows the Lord is his Savior. Not willing to make her a public example. Why? Because he loved Mary. He said, no, I don't want her to be stoned. I don't want her to be chastised. I don't want... And this is so upsetting. What's going on, Lord? I don't understand. And uh, was minded to put her away privately. In other words, he was considering their future. What do I do? Have you ever had a point in time in your life where just your life seemed out of control? Decisions were being made that and you had no control over them. And you were up at a, at a dividing place in your life. And you're worried. There's a lot of synonyms you could use. You're, you're afraid of what the future is. You're uh, upset. You're worried. You're out of, you know, you're... You may be 
scared about what is going to happen. Verse 20, While he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not. I remember watching that movie, Facing the Giants, and and uh, the uh, head coach of the uh, in that movie is really cool. That uh, Mark Rick, the head coach of the Georgia Bulldogs, was on there, and he has a great Christian testimony. And he was talking about the power of the Word of God, and how many times do you realize that the Word of God says those two words: "Fear not, don't be afraid." Because there's times that literally if, if this angel came down and spoke to Joseph and said that, was he just wasting words? No. Don't be afraid. Don't be scared to take Mary because she hasn't cheated on you. There's nothing wrong. I know you're worried about what's happening here, but she's pregnant because the Holy Spirit of God has put God's Son inside of Mary. Mary was shocked that she was even chosen. Read about her story. She was just amazed. When her cousin Elizabeth heard about it, they got excited too. Then it says, Thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And so we see here his patience in this verse that he was, he was taking his time. He was praying about the decision. So Joseph was a, was, you know, a lot of times I see this, especially around Christmas, there is a lack of patience. <laughs> I, I know because I've got it. You know, I, I'll get impatient with the kids or I'll get impatient with Karen or I'll, you know, saying, Oh no, Karen, don't go back in the store. No, please. Impatient with the kids because the kids are, Dad, can you do this? Dad, can you do that? No, I don't, I just, no, time out. You know, and Joseph was patient. He was taking his time trying to figure out what God want, wants to do. And I put in there also, back in our text in Luke chapter 2, verse 5, I talk about uh, Joseph's endurance Imagine making a trip. It doesn't say she was one week pregnant there, does it? It says, according to Luke chapter 2, verse 5, what does it say? It says that she was great with child. In other words, that uh, think about that. He's traveling along and his endurance is, I've got to... And it was a long ways from Nazareth to Bethlehem by donkey. Okay, they just didn't hop on the Greyhound bus and get down there. Being great with child. And so his endurance was, I've got to remain faithful. I know what God has given us, the responsibility. And so he made the trip. He stayed strong, his endurance. So folks, even during times of, of suffering, even during times of heartache, during, even during times that... You may not know what to do. When you have the greatest test in your life, when God is putting on you more than you think you can handle, I don't know what's going on in your life right now, but folks, some of God's greatest gifts, whenever you're scared or 
upset or worried or you're being tested. And God's got a gift for you. A gift of hope. A gift of love. One of the things that's missing today more than anything is people with hope and people with love. People with hope and people with love. I basically call this a couple that's doing the best they can. And uh, man, imagine this. It says here that, of course, we've already read verse 6 and 7. But looking at this, man, I, I tell you what, I want us to have this baby in the in the suite at the Holiday Inn Express. No, <laughs> you're not getting the Holiday Inn Express, are you? You're, you're not even getting the Motel 6 <laughs> where they leave the light on for you. Well, this fellow, there was no light because lights hadn't been invented yet. Thomas Edison hadn't came along. So there's no light, there's no hope, there's everything's falling apart. Uh, man, let's, let this baby be born in a hospital. There's not even a midwife present. And, uh, no, you're going to be born in a stable. You know, the only indication, it doesn't mention any animals there, it doesn't mention anything. The only indication that he was born in a barn, which in Bethlehem area was usually a cave, is that they laid him in a manger, a feeding trough. That's the only indication. You know, we wonder, where was he born in a stable? Was he born in a barn? Was he born in a cave? But that's the indication that we have. There's no animals mentioned there. None of this. All we have here is just laid him in a manger. Why? Because there was no room for them in the end. Doing the best they can. I love the fact that they were, they probably wanted something better. I, I like what it's, the Word of God says in just a few pages over in Luke 16. In verse 10, the Word of God says this. There we go. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is also unjust in much. Verse 11 says this, If therefore you have not been faithful in unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust true riches? Basically, let's, uh, let's boil these two verses down in just country boy terminology. Say, well, I tell you what, I wish I could do more for God. I wish I had more responsibility i wish people would recognize me more at church i wish i had more importance at church i wish i had more importance in the kingdom of god this couple here was doing the best they can with what they had well mary sorry this is all i got i got a 16 by 16 cow shed (laughs) this will have to do guess what think about this god thought so much of this couple I'm going to trust you with my son. Have you ever thought about that? What is God trusting us with? You know, sometimes a lot of us, we want to be used of God, but all God says, would you just be faithful with me 
with, if you be faithful with what you have, if you'll be faithful with this right here, but a lot of times we, we're not even faithful with the little things God gives us. And he says, well, you know, I'm going to give you uh, uh, $800. What are you going to do with it? Are you going to do with it? Are you going to honor me with it? Are you going to do anything with it for the Lord? But a lot of times he says, if you're not going to, and I, and I gave you uh, 40 bucks, or I gave you a car, or I gave you this, or I gave you vision, or I gave you a child, God says, will you be faithful with what I've given you? But a lot of times, if we're not faithful with what God has given us, He says in these verses, how can I give you any more riches? I want, I want to bless you and I want you to rise up and be, but Mary, think about this. They, God trusted them with His infant son. That's a pretty big trust, isn't it? So, God gave them true riches. You know, and he says, I've just put me to the test, God. And, And God says, I gave you a test last week. You didn't even show up. So we, God wants to use us. But what we have to do is say, I'll be faithful with what I have. But I'm not faithful with what I have. And God says, I want to give you more. But you, I mean, you won't even... Use what I've given you already. And so this couple was doing the best they could. And that's all God is going to ask of you. That's all God's going to ask of you is just do the best you can with what you've got. Leave the rest to Him. <clears throat> God was trusting them to be great. The next part I have is called Country Boys Scared to Death. <clears throat> I had uh, somebody say one time that, uh, well, you know what, Brother Michael, I'm I'm not scared of anything. Not scared of anything, but a lot of times we're not scared of anything because God hadn't acted. When God does something, a lot of times we are scared. Matter of fact, did you know every time that God does something in the Bible, the disciples are always scared? When they was walking on the water to go to Jeep, when they headed to the boat, did you know they were all petrified? Did you know when God spoke from the heavens, not only at the baptism, but also at the Mount of Transfiguration, they all hit the deck? Did y'all know the Bible says that? Somebody may say, I'll tell you what, you know, there's a, it's okay to be scared. <laughs> it's okay to say, I, I don't know if things are out of my control. A lot of times we, we want to say, well, I'm, I'm not scared of anybody, but we need to be scared of God. And you can say, well, no, the Bible says to fear God. Well, same, just use it as a synonym. Fear God, be afraid of God, be scared of God. But it's a reverential fear. I know that. But I tell you what, if God does something, if He slaps us upside the head, we need to be scared. There's people who are going to be afraid of Him when they stand before Him in judgment. We all will... I don't think we'll be delighted. Even if we're saved, I know I'm going to heaven so I shouldn't be afraid of the judgment. I'm not going to enjoy the judgment seat of Christ. There's no verse in the Bible from Genesis to the maps that says it's going to be fun to be judged. Nowhere. No verse in the Bible at all that says that. 
I'm thankful for the work that Christ did to keep me saved. But it, And he doesn't. He keeps me saved, but it says we'll be judged at the judgment seat of Christ if you're saved. If you're not saved, there's another judgment for you. It's called, and you probably need to be scared at that one too, the great white throne judgment. But it says whether the things we've been done, it says whether they be good or whether they be bad. That's what it says. Matter of fact, a very famous verse, and and I remember my wife quoting this way before we got married. Apparently it was an assignment in Psalm 50, uh, 56, 3. It says, at times that I'm afraid, I will trust in thee. David said that. He said, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid. He said at one time, David, King David, the fellow who slew Goliath, said, I'm afraid of what my enemies will do to me if I ever get caught. David feared man. But you, David feared man, and there may be people in here that say, I'm not afraid of any man. But the son of man. His name is also Jesus. We need to fear Him. It's a reverential fear. We need to... We've lost our awe of who God is. These shepherds, it says that they were afraid... You know why they were afraid? I don't, how many times do you think they saw the heavens opened up and a heavenly choir show up? Oh, man, that was, this scared me to death. I would, you know, I put in here, also I put in the next part, God loves choirs. <laughs> God loves choirs and thank the Lord. We're visiting to see a choir. Adam and Eve were scared. That's in Genesis 3.15. Great news about a great gift. Let's look at Luke chapter 2, verse 10. Great gift, an awesome gift. So the angel of the Lord shone round about them. They were so afraid that, verse 10, the angel said unto them, Fear not. Well, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Well, I tell you what, this is a great gift. They were something excited about, you know, and then it says not only this great gift, it tells you what it is. So in verse 10, it says, get excited. And then in verse 11, it says what to get excited about. So verse 10, great joy, great times. It's like something's coming. I get excited. I'm looking forward to it. Is there anything in this world that you are excited about that you are looking forward to? Anything. If there's nothing, you are miserable. <laughs> I look forward to giving my wife a kiss. I get excited about the simple things in life. Folks, if there's nothing you look forward to, life is miserable. And they say here in verse 10, I've got great news of great joy, which shall to be to all people. Well, what is it? I've been told a thousand times to get excited about something. And I've been disappointed every time because I'm a pessimist and I'm a negative person and I just hate everything and I don't like life and I don't like you. And 
Well, I got great news of great joy. What a what? What is it? For unto you is born this day in the city of David a what? A lot of times we're we're not excited. We don't love life. We don't have any joy because our eyes are on problems. Instead of the person of Jesus Christ. For unto you is born this day in the city of David. Let's get our eyes on Jesus. Verse 12. Thank the Lord. God gave him a GPS. Well, which way is he? (laughs) Which way do we go? Well, are you going to find him? Over there in that cave, wrapped in swaddling clothes, laying in a feed trough. That's a synonym for manger. (laughs) A feed trough. A food bucket where the oats and the hay were. Verse 13 and 14, here's the choirs. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying... And Miss Barber, they didn't have books. <laughs> and uh, so, and they got all this, and they and, and they got it all, and and praising God, and singing glory, and hallelujah, and our joy to the world, and the first Noel, and Silent Night, and they sang them all. And those shepherds said, "Man, that choir, that's pretty good. That's a great choir." Which way? Oh yeah, food trough. And they headed there. Let's go with them. Now, this last part, and I got about seven minutes till. Y'all doing great. Y'all doing awesome. All right, this last part. Now, I've preached about Jesus. I've talked about Jesus. God gave them to a couple named Mary and Joseph. And one day, I don't know what year you met Jesus. I met him in 1977. I'd heard about him, but I didn't know him. And I asked him to come into my life. Now, what are you going to do with him? Have you heard of him? Do you know him as your Savior? Is he your Savior? What are you going to do with him now? Because they they went to the manger and they could have just looked at him and said, that's cool, and walked away. I'm glad they're happy. Hope you have a good life. See you later. A lot of people come to church that way. Good sermon, preacher. See you later. And they leave Jesus at church. Take him with you. It's okay. He'll go with you. Alright? And a decision is made in verse 15. It came to pass, angels went away, boom. In the heavens, the shepherds said one to another, okay, he gave us directions, let's go to Bethlehem. I love their attitude. Look at that. Look at that attitude in verse 15. Let's go. Come on, boys. The sheep are fine. They'll be alright. It won't take long. And they, because I'm telling you, I'm not lying, look at verse 16. They came with slowness. No, it doesn't say that. Karen's always griping at me because I've got two gears, slow and slower. And I'm in top gear now. <laughs> you know, and so it says there they hit another gear. Okay? They came with haste. That, that's not an old brand cereal now. That's, that means they come speedily. They was moving. So that tells you and me right there. So they coming with haste and they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying 
in a food trough again. And when they had seen it, we've got to make a decision. They got excited. Excitement means they're moving fast. And verse 17 and 18 means they told other people. <clears throat> when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. Matter of fact, they were so excited, I imagine they were talking so fast in Hebrew. Matter of fact, verse 18 says, everybody that heard the story says, what in the world are those guys talking about? Y'all see that there? Everybody that heard the shepherd's story was wondering, my goodness, hmm, that's quite a story. What are you going to do with Jesus? May we all do verse 20. And the shepherds return, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. As we prepare for our hymn of invitation, Father, I thank you for this opportunity. May we not leave Jesus at church May we take him with us. As your word says in Isaiah 66, 1 and 2, may we be a person that trembleth at thy word, that looks to you. Dear Lord, I thank you for loving us. Send in your Son, Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen.